Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. So as I mentioned, the title of our our message series uh, for this month leading up into Christmas is Searching for Christmas. Uh, originating from that song, Where Are You Christmas? And, and, and the, the genesis behind all of this is where the, the lyrics in the song are asking the question, Where are you Christmas? I, I hope to find you. And, 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 and just the idea of what are we searching for this Christmas? What are we searching for? What, are, what is Christmas is all, all about? That many people ask that question. And, and I don't know if, if anybody is, is like me, but it seems as though Christmas seems to change as the older I get, that Christmas once had a uh, very different feeling when I was seven as compared to 37, that there's a difference between waking up in the morning and so excited and, and trying to get my mom and dad out of bed to, to, to come on, wake up, I've, I've got like two hours of sleep, but I can't get out of bed so we can open up presents, that excitement and hoping to, you know, rip open the package with my name on it to have that one gift that I was, you know, just anxiously waiting for that that now it's my kids jumping in on my bed jumping up and down trying to get me up out of bed because I've had like no sleep the night beforehand and come on we got to open up presents and like no not until I've had my coffee amen coffee comes first then we can open up let me get the sleep out of my eyes and figure out what's going on before you tear into presents that as I get older Christmas seems to change but But many times people continue to search for Christmas, whether it's searching for Christmas feelings of years gone by or searching for the meaning of Christmas, whatever it may be that that we do search, we're seeking for something. And the question is, what are you searching for this Christmas? That that it may be an emotional connection. You may be searching for the perfect gift for that person in your life, the special person. Maybe it's your kids, your grandkids. But Christmas is is a time for us to really sit back and reflect what are we searching for. That many people, and you might be here today, that you're searching for the true meaning of Christmas. What exactly are we searching for this Christmas? And that's the question that I want to begin with today and over the next couple of weeks. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to to John, John's Gospel, John chapter 1. I'm going to read several verses this morning. I usually don't read text this long. Um, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Before we, we turn there, and if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen in just a moment. But before we, we jump in today, you know, often you know, people have asked the question, why are the Gospels different? Why are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why are they different in, in talking about Jesus and his birth? And if they're all the same, if, if, if the Holy Spirit inspired them, then why don't they all say the same thing? Well, they do. They just say it in a different way. That, that all four of the Gospel writers were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the words that we have in the Bible. But they're coming at it from each a very unique and different perspective. That I know in this room that, that, that there are some of you that, that love digging into the Word of God. That you like to get into the details and you'll take a word and you'll search it and, and just see where it goes. We had a life group this past year and, and doing exactly that. Just taking words of the Bible or, or taking words and, and searching and, and looking for the meanings. That, that I know that I could speak to some of you today and, and that's right where you are. You're like, yes, give me more of that. I know there are others of you that, that you love stories. 
that, that to tell a story and that'll grip you and that'll pull you into the story and, and, and that, will, that will allow you to see the truth that, that in this room there are various people and there's something that's going to connect with you. And so the gospel writers all took a different perspective to reach people where they are, to, to, to inform the reader that in Matthew's gospel we see that he starts and, and the genealogy of Jesus and there to see all of that. And some people they read through that and go, why am I reading all of this? And there are some people that love it and dig deeper into it. As a matter of fact, this week I took a deep dive into some of that this week. And, and it just goes and goes and goes. But the, the gospel writers are coming from different perspectives to reach a different audience. So John's gospel, he's, he's primarily reaching the Greek, the, the Gentiles, and trying to speak to them to, to show them who Jesus is. But ultimately to all people to see who Christ is. So he's coming from this. So although the Gospels might look different, they're all the same, just telling the story from a different perspective so that all may hear and know who Jesus is. So let's start this morning in John's Gospel, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That, that light, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and to his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but... Of God, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because He was before me. For from His fullness we have received grace. Upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Again, a very lengthy portion of scripture, but there's so much there and there's, there's a couple key things that, that we can pull from today. And one of the, one of the things that, that we see in, in our world today and in, in, in society, and you've probably heard this and you've probably seen the stories and headlines, is that, that there's a war on Christmas. That there's a war on Christmas and you, 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 you've seen the headlines and you've seen news stories about it and you've probably seen it on social media and things like that, that basically companies advertising agencies, corporations, whatever, they're, they're, they're taking Christmas out of the Christmas season. And they're replacing Christmas with words like holiday. Instead of saying Merry Christmas, it's Happy Holidays. Instead of a Christmas party, it's a holiday party. As to, as to try not and offend anyone. And, and I'm going to tell you, 
I don't like that. I don't like the fact that companies and corporations are, are not using the term Christmas as to not offend anyone. That there, there are people going out, and as I was driving through town yesterday, seeing people going to Christmas tree lots and, and, and picking up a Christmas tree and, and, and putting it in their house and decorating it and all of those things, and, and, and millions of Americans are going to wake up on Christmas morning, and kids are going to rush under there and grab open their presents and open them up and, 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 and celebrating Christmas, and, but yet we're, we're trying to sanitize Christmas and, and use the word holiday. And so I decided several years ago that I was going to make a very intentional effort to do something. That, that it really bothered me as I was seeing these headlines and seeing these things that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make sure I say Merry Christmas to everybody I possibly see. I'm going to go to the store and, and when I check out and, and you know, interacting with the, the cashier, if you can find a cashier anymore because now they're all just machines and... They don't, nobody's there until something goes blinking or sirens go off or something. And now, finally, somebody will come over. Merry Christmas machine or whatever. Like, that's, that doesn't really help. I'm just going to break it on purpose just so I can see somebody. So in my interactions with people, I've tried to be, you know, very, uh, you know, committed to saying Merry Christmas. If somebody, if I'm walking through a door and they hold it all, but thank you very much and Merry Christmas to you. And, and something that, that I try to be very intentional because I, if, if corporations are going to take Christmas away, well, I'm not going to allow that. I'm, gonna, I'm going to say Merry Christmas, that I'm going to, to, to do what I can to keep Christmas in the Christmas season. Because there is a war on Christmas. There is a war. But, but I began to realize something in the past two years or so. That there's a war on Christmas, but the war isn't the war that, that I thought it was. It's a war that's going on inside of me. That there's, there's a war on Christmas going on in my heart. Yes, there are corporations and there are businesses and they're taking Christmas out of the Christmas season. And it does bother me. But I should be doing more than just making an intentional effort just to say Merry Christmas to somebody. Just because advertising agencies don't want to use the word Christmas, that, that I'm going to do that. I sh it shouldn't be my goal just during the Christmas season to say Merry Christmas. It's, it's uh, the understanding, and, and as a follower of Christ, that I show who Christ is every day. Not just during the Christmas season. It is not the responsibility of corporations and businesses to show who Christ is. That's my job. It bothers me that companies don't say Merry Christmas. It, it, it drives me crazy to see that. But why do I hold them accountable? Why do I hold them to a standard that they don't even know what the standard is? They are a secular business run by people that probably don't even know what the word of God is. So how can I hold them accountable to that? It's only myself that I can hold accountable. How am I representing Christ to everyone? There is a war on Christmas, but ultimately that war is in my heart. Yes, we can get upset and we can get angry that, that companies are taking Christmas out of the Christmas season. We can get wrapped up in so many different things. But we forget the greatest gift of all and the one who gave us that gift. Looking back to John chapter 1, verse 1 and 3. In the beginning was the Word. In your Bible, you probably see that capitalized W. The Word, meaning that's Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. The word made in the Greek has the meaning became. Rather than something that was constructed. It, God spoke it. It was made. It didn't happen like building a Lego set. And, and you watch kids and, and the kids love the Lego set that we have next door. And they sit and, and make things and, and build and construct. But that's not what the Greek word is. When we talk about in the beginning it was made. It means it became. God imagined it. God spoke it and it happened. And all of that happened because Christ was a part of it. Everything that God spoke into existence happened. It didn't happen apart from the word. Apart from the word, existence is impossible. That It's through Christ that we are all here. It is through Christ that we are made. The, this passage points the relationship that Jesus, the word, has with the Father. That they go hand in hand. That Jesus say, shares the same quality, the character, the same essence of God. And John is showing the differences but the similarities between the two of them. The word is the source of life, both physical through the creation of all things and the spiritual. That's who Jesus is. That Jesus, the word, was with God. Spoken to creation. The word is the source of life. John uses the word life more than any other New Testament writer. Anytime I see something like that, it, gives, it piques my interest. Why? Why is John using one word more than any other gospel writer? Why is John, what, what is so significant to John that, that the Holy Spirit gave him the, 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 the impetus to put this word more than any other New Testament writer? He uses it 36 times in the gospel and makes up 40% of the total word usage in the New Testament. The word life was important to John. It was important because he understood Jesus is the one with the ability to grant life to those who walk in darkness, which is all of us because we have all sinned. We all have walked in darkness at one point in time, and John is expressing the word life, that we all have this, this life because of Christ, that we were once in darkness, but we are now standing in the light because of Christ, and he wants everybody to know that. You can have life. But that life comes through Jesus. We walk in darkness because of our sin. But Jesus, the giver of life, we walk in, in the light. Because he is able to do that because he was there at the existence of everything. When God spoke everything, Jesus was there. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about life. That Jesus came to earth in, in the form of a baby, the, the lowliest of forms. That he didn't just come out as a 33-year-old man. No, he came as a baby and lived and walked and breathed and went through all of the things that we all go through. So that we could walk from darkness into light. That we may have life. You may remember a time in your life when you were walking in darkness. That you were apart from God. You were searching for meaning. You were searching for hope. But then you found Jesus. Go back to that feeling. Go back to that moment. Go back to that day. When you realize I was walking in darkness. But now because of this life that I have in Christ. This new creation. What did that feel like? 
What were the emotions? What, did, what were you walking through? How did it feel to know that, that I was lost, but now I'm found, that, that I was dead, but now I'm alive? What did that feel like? John wants everyone to know that feeling. That that's what Christmas is all about. That all may know that life. All may walk in the darkness. That Christmas is the representation of that light. And Christmas is a time for us to focus on the things that are truly important. John wants the reader to understand exactly who Jesus was and is. The giver of life. Jesus is the giver of life. I don't know about you, but I want all to know that. I don't want everybody just to know that it's Christmas time. I don't want people just to know it's, it's Merry Christmas and, 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 and have a Happy New Year. Yeah, that's all fine, but what does it mean? What does Merry Christmas mean? It has become such a, a, a thing that, that Christmas is just all about stuff. That Christmas has, all been, it, it has been commercialized into presents. That Christmas has turned into everything. And now, again, we're even taking Christmas out of Christmas. That it's, it's, tra- it's changed and transformed. But, but I want all to not just know it's the Christmas season, but I want them to know that there is one who gives life to allow us to walk in light and not darkness. That we have been given this gift that all may know. And that's the heartbeat, I believe, of John that is trying to, to get across to everyone. I don't know about you, but but I try to be a good gift giver. I I try to be a good gift giver, meaning that if I'm buying a present or I'm buying a gift for somebody, I I want it to be something that has a little bit of thought into it, that that I don't want it to just be something that I just think back, that if I'm buying something for my wife or for my kids, I'm not just going to stop at the gas station and pick up something and go, oh, yeah, here it is. You know, here's here's some beef jerky and a bag of uh, pork rinds. Happy birthday. (laughs) It's not going to go over very well. Guys, don't do that. I haven't done it. I'm just saying, I I know that won't go very well. You might have stories you can share with us. Not a good idea. Or how about this? Have you ever been re-gifted something? I know, in fact, I have been re-gifted something. Many years ago, I received a present, and and I opened it up, and, and I looked at the box. I'm like, this was in somebody's house for a while. I'm not quite sure how long, but it was a little bit faded. The corners weren't sharp. They were kind of dulled. And you know the the little thing that, you know, the the, the top of it, you you know, kind of open it up. It it had been opened several times. And then I opened it up, and then I, I took it out, and it was not in the original packaging. Like the bubble wrap was not perfect around it. Like you know it had been taken out and then put back in and then put back, and it had sat on somebody's shelf for a while. And I looked at it, and I went, I've been regifted. This sat at somebody's house, and they thought, oh, I don't want this, but he might like it. You know what? I wanted to rewrap it and give it to them later on, but I didn't. I didn't. But nobody wants to be known as a bad gift giver. Nobody wants to be known as a re-gifter. You want to put time and thought into your gift. God is the best gift giver of all. He gave us the best gift we could possibly ask for. That, that Jesus came, that he gave his son, that we may have this life that John talks about. That this gift that we can all receive is not just for a select few people. And that's John's heartbeat. That all may know that, that this gift is available to everyone. No matter what you're searching for on Christmas, there is life for you. 
There's the greatest gift of all that, that you may not ever know, that you may have never heard of, but there's a gift waiting for you. That God gave us His Son, and that should be what we're most concerned about this Christmas season. And as I was going throughout my days and making sure I told everybody, Merry Christmas, the Holy Spirit began to work on me. Say, what is the point? Why are you doing this? Are you just trying to say Merry Christmas just to get back at those big companies who don't even know who you are? Or are you doing it because you want them to truly know the best gift of all? Do you want them to know that Jesus is the giver of life, that that's what Christmas is all about? I'm not saying it's wrong to say Merry Christmas. In fact, I encourage all of us to say Merry Christmas. But why are we saying it? Are we saying it just because we're trying to get back at somebody? Are we saying it because we truly believe it? I want you to have a Merry Christmas. And the best way you can do that is to know the Savior that I know. The giver of life. The best gift that you could ever receive. To allow the Holy Spirit to move and operate in my life. That if, if I say Merry Christmas to somebody, that it's not just Merry Christmas and move on. But Merry Christmas, how can I pray for you? Merry Christmas, what's going on in your life? Because I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking something to me that's going on. And that I need to stop and I need to pray with you. I don't care about the noise. I don't care about how many people are in line. But there's a soul right here that needs me to speak. That's the most important part of saying Merry Christmas. To stop and pause and reflect. How can I be Christ in this person's life right here, right now? Yes, there's a war going on in Christmas. But the war is going inside of us. It's not because corporations are taking Christ out of Christmas. But what is going on internally? Are we reflecting Christ to everybody we come across? Jesus came to this world and flesh to redeem this world so that we may all walk in light to step out of the darkness. We want businesses to keep, to keep Christmas as a part of the Christmas season, to keep Christ in Christmas. But again, that's not their job. That's our job. As believers, followers of Christ, it's our job to keep Christ in Christmas. To spread love. To, to spread joy, to offer peace, to offer hope, encouragement. No matter how much money a company spends on advertising, no matter how much a company spends on, on whatever they want to do, if believers, followers of Christ, united together and were the love, joy, and peace of Christ, I guarantee you people would know what Christmas is all about. Not about presents, not about things, not about stuff but about life, about walking from darkness into light. So how do we do that? We do that by intimately worshiping our Savior. We keep Christ in Christmas by worshiping our Savior on a daily basis, intimately worshiping Him, spending time with Him every single day, worshiping Him for who He is, celebrating the things that He's done in our lives, thanking Him for allowing us to walk in light. Spending time with him, teaching our kids and our grandkids about the baby that was born in a manger. Working in children's ministry for several years, I was able to see the, the shift going on in culture that I was not aware of. My kids have grown up in a Christian home. My kids have grown up in church. We've taught them who Jesus is. 
in children's ministry and working in the public schools around Christmas time, when I would talk about Jesus in a manger, kids would look at me like I was completely lost and clueless. What are you talking about? Jesus in a manger? What? Wait a second. This is America. Like, this is where every kid knows about Jesus, right? No. They had no idea. Christmas was about presents, about getting stuff in a tree in their house. As believers of Christ, it's our job to tell our kids and our grandkids, our family members, what Christmas is all about, about Jesus being born in a manger. Keeping Christ in Christmas means giving to those in need. By meeting people right where they are, helping them right where they are, showing them the love of Jesus right where they are. And I am so thankful I'm a part of a church that is willing to do that as we demonstrated a couple Sundays ago as we went out into our community. But that's just the beginning of it. To continue to show the love of Christ to people that are in need. Keeping Christ in Christmas means getting together and sharing a celebration of who the King of Kings is. By gathering people around and and reflecting on who Jesus is and what he means to us. Maybe even people that that you don't normally associate with, but inviting them over and celebrating a meal together. And this is what Christmas is all about. Not about presents, not about stuff, but about who Jesus is. What are you searching for this Christmas? What are you searching for? Are you searching for the perfect present? Are you searching for a feeling that was many years ago? Are you searching your heart and examining your heart? What exactly is the meaning of Christmas to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of us today. I don't know exactly where you are in your walk with God. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. But one thing is certain, that I hope that you know that Jesus is your Savior. I hope you know that, that you have a Savior who lived on this earth, who died on a cross That you might be searching for things in in so many different places and you cannot, you haven't been able to find what you're looking for because it's Jesus. Maybe you've been searching every, you've searched high and low and you've, you've tried financial gains and you've tried, but it's not about that, it's about Jesus and knowing who he is. That he is the giver of life. That he came to this earth so that we can experience what it is to walk in light. To go from darkness, to go from our sins, but to experience the newness of life. And if you're here today and that's you, then it's simply admitting that fact and saying, God, I, I want to know your son. Jesus, I believe you came. I believe you died for my sins. I know you're the giver of life. I submit my heart to you. And it's it's simple prayer is that. If you're here today and you have not submitted your heart to Christ, just simply say that, Jesus, I forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. I believe in you. I submit my life to you. I believe you died on a cross for me. That all my sins are forgiven, that I can walk in the light you rose from the grave and now you are in heaven with God the Father as you were at the beginning you're with him now submitting your heart over to him is the easiest thing you can do just asking for forgiveness and and just this quiet moment you simply do that yourself you don't need me to, to do anything else but you say a simple prayer 
asking for forgiveness. You may have been searching for things high and low, but He is the giver of life, the source of all things good. You may be here today and you've been searching for, for so many things and maybe you've just got off track or you don't know what you're searching for. You just feel lost. You know God, you've served Him, but you're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. You say, God, bring me back into focus with you. Bring me back into alignment with you. I don't want to get lost in, in, in the busyness of this time of year. I don't want to get lost in, in gifts, but I want to serve you, Jesus. I want to, to be your light in this world. That's my purpose. Not to get wrapped up in things that don't matter. How can I show Christ in my life every day? Our desire, Jesus, is to, to know you more. To be your light in the darkness. That we take John's gospel, we take his words, and we live it out that we, we show people that there is life. That Jesus is the giver of that life. That we don't keep it to ourselves. As we search our hearts, as we search for so many things this Christmas season, may we realize the importance of showing others who you are. Not just by our words, but by our actions. May we show the love of Christ every day. God, help us as a body of believers. God, help us be the light in this world. For every person here today, God, I pray that we would stand strong, we would stand tall against the attacks of the enemy. We know that there are, there's a cultural war going on. But in spite of all of that, we will stand strong. We will stay true to who you are. We will exemplify Christ in everything we say and everything we do. We will keep Christ in Christmas. Help us, Lord, do that every day. Remind us, Holy Spirit, as we're going about and doing our business, to take time and opportunity to pray, to seek you and to hear your voice, to use us to minister to those this Christmas season. But not just this Christmas season, but all year long, every day of our lives. Thank you again, God, for this day. Thank you for this church. May we go forth into this world and be your light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.